On this episode of Psalm Sketches, we'll be taking a look at Psalm 26, one of David's psalms. But first, a musical reflection. Let me run into your house Let me make my bed at the base of your altar For in the folds of your tent The scent of your breath burns away my transgression For I am stained and bent Holiest of holies, let your presence here unto me, for here I'm home, in your holy of holy, I'm home. I'll dress up in sacrament, soiled hands stain the edge of Never drying labor, pull me past the drapes that divide the grass from the light of blinding mercy. For I stay and bent in holiest of holies. Let your presence here undo me, for here I'm home. Your presence here undo me, for here I'm home, in your holy of holies, I'm home. Psalm 26, like Psalm 1 and a host of other poems authored by David, uh, revolves around uh, a central motif of David seeking justification or validation uh, for his own moral position. Now, lest we worry that, that David is simply bragging about his inherent righteousness or goodness, uh, I think we have to assume that there's something else going on here. David was not, uh, based on the, the narrative of his life that is preserved in the scriptures, a particularly vain or boastful person. So I think something else is going on here. And what I believe, based on looking at David's life, which we get a pretty clear picture of in the Old Testament scriptures, he is a person who I think was somewhat marginalized in his family and sometimes in his community because of his uncommon devotion for the things of God. There seems to have been a lot of fear in his society, fear that God would not protect the nation of Israel. There seemed to be a lot of complacency, apathy, uh, even a lot of doubts about whether God would in fact preserve his people when they asked him to. Uh, if you look at the story of David and Goliath, which even those who are fairly unfamiliar with the scriptures, uh, it's a story that they would know. You, you see that David is brought in 
um, into the, the encampment of the uh, Hebrew soldiers. And when he discovers that they are afraid of the giant Goliath because he, he taunts Israel and, and mocks their God and their nation, David immediately steps up and says, why hasn't someone challenged him? God will be with them. And they essentially laugh at David. They dismiss him. And so this is a uh, situation that I have a feeling happened a lot in David's life. He was someone who had this abiding passion uh, to honor God, his commands, uh, the structure he had established in Israel, the king he had put in place, the, the house of God, the laws of God. All these were extremely important to David. And, and so I think at times in his life, he wondered whether God really recognized David's passion and commitment to the things of God. Let me first take a moment to read through the psalm in the ESV. Psalm 26, a psalm of David. Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity, and I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Prove me, O Lord, and try me. Test my heart and my mind. For your steadfast love is before my eyes, and I will walk in your faithfulness. I do not sit with men of falsehood, nor do I consort with hypocrites. I hate the assembly of evildoers, and I will not sit with the wicked. I wash my hands in innocence and go around your altar, O Lord, proclaiming thanksgiving aloud and telling all your wondrous deeds. O Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Do not sweep my soul away with sinners, nor my life with bloodthirsty men, in whose hands are evil devices and whose right hands are full of bribes. But as for me, I shall walk in my integrity. Redeem me and be gracious to me. My foot stands on level ground in the great assembly. I will bless the Lord. When we encounter a poem, as the psalm, of course, is, we have to first look at the, at the literal dimension of the poem. What is David talking about? What's the big idea that pops out of the text? And in this case, he's talking a lot about his own vindication that he has chosen to take a different route in life than most people around him. He has chosen to exempt himself from the conversations and the fellowship of wicked people. And his focus instead is on closeness to God's house and the things of God. So what do we make of this? Uh, the first thing I think that stands out in this passage is that David uh, has very intentionally pulled himself out of a pattern of life uh, that was very common in his day. And that pattern, if we look at the more closely at the various images and scenarios described in this poem, the pattern is that of taking bribes and of fellowshipping with people who have compromised with evil. So David has decided, apparently very early in his life, that he will not fellowship in this way. That where he sees moral compromise, where he sees bribery, where he sees a resentment of the things of God and of the patterns that God has established for his people, that he is going to make sure that he goes in the other direction. He is not, of course, doing this uh, because he's antisocial or because he's a person who hates his fellow Israelites. I think rather he is trying to set an example for other Israelites by walking in integrity. Now, David had a lot of flaws in his life. He fell prey to temptation on many occasions. Uh, he fell prey to uh, sexual temptation. He was a person who was sometimes prone to violence and to, I think, fits of rage in his life. 
So when David appointed him king, and when Samuel talks about David's inherent goodness of heart, he's not referring to a flawless character. What God was celebrating in David and what he wanted to honor and elevate among the Israelites was a man who cared deeply about the way God felt about things. And so that was something that I think David uh, was very, uh, was an exemplum of for us today. David was not antisocial. David was simply interested in making sure that he was following God's pattern and God's commands first in his life. And what did that mean? It meant not only courage on the battlefield against Israel's enemies, but it also meant that David was concerned that in his everyday dealings with other people, that he didn't fall prey to the compromises of evil, of bending the rules, of cheating, of devoting himself to the earning of income through bribes, rather than simply following God's commands and his prescriptions in the, in the holy law that God had given to Moses and which had been passed down to David's generation. I don't think this was common in Israel at the time. I think moral compromise was the, the order of the day. It was the, the established pattern of the day. And so David has set himself apart. Now, what is the secret of this? Well, David keeps coming back to this image of being close to God's house. And remember in this time, as I've said before, God's house, the tabernacle, was an emblem of God's presence and his power. And David, though not a, you know, a, a priest, not called to serve in the temple, nevertheless enjoyed going to the temple. I think probably at this time in history, a lot of the Israelites looked at going to the temple as a chore, just like a lot of believers today look at going to church as a chore, as an oppressive thing or a, uh, uh, something that impedes our goals or our rest on Sunday, for instance. But David treasured his time in God's house. Not, I don't think, because he loved the ritual of going to the temple, but what he loved was the presence of God and all the symbols of God that reminded him that even though he stood out among his peers as a man of integrity, though he washed his hands in innocence, that nevertheless there was a God whose power and presence were more important than the power and presence offered him by the wicked all around him. And that was what he sought, was God's presence, God's approval, God's validation. Now, in many of these psalms where David seeks validation, there is some hint that he did not receive it from God right away. God did not speak to him uh, with approving and an approving voice. God didn't always give him an obvious sign of his approval. But David nevertheless sought God's approval, and he found reassurance of it by being around God's people. When he was around God's people in the temple, that is where he felt at one with his purpose in life to be a man who honored God and upheld his virtues, his statutes, his laws, his passions. So David is depicting himself here celebrating loudly among other believers, among those who are faithful to come to uh, the tabernacle. So what do we take away from this? Psalm 26, I think, is a great example of how we remain faithful when we are tempted uh, amidst the din of, of all life's oppressions amid the cynicism of other people who say that religion is worthless, if following God is, is something that can add no real benefit to your life. Of people who shirk their spiritual responsibilities before God in favor of pursuing what the world celebrates, hedonism, um, pursuing our own pleasures, ambitions, um, loving temporary pleasure, putting other people down, celebrating cruelty and shallowness. 
These are things which are, are easy to fall into if we don't keep a healthy spiritual perspective. And how do we do that? Well, we follow David's pattern. One, we don't forsake the opportunities to be among godly people, not just at a church, but to surround ourselves with friends, intimate associates who, who do celebrate good things, holy things, honorable things. Uh, we try to fill our lives, I think, with media uh, that celebrates what is good and doesn't simply bask in what is evil, shallow, and base. Uh, we, we read books, we have conversations that stir us to pursue God and to find his validation in our life rather than the validation of people who have compromised with evil. I think when we choose our friends this way, when we order our choices and our priorities and our media consumption, and even our, our patterns of going to church regularly on the weekend, I think we will see and sense God's working in our life with more power. We may not have God break through heaven and hear his voice you know, showering praise on us, but we will know that he is involved in our life. We will know that he is watching over us, as David says in Psalm 1, watching over the way of the righteous. Whereas the way of the wicked, though more prominent, more popular, and certainly much easier, that way will perish. Well, I hope you enjoyed uh, this uh, little journey through Psalm 26. The Psalm much like others uh, within the canon of Psalms, but still uh, one that I think has its own uh, kind of special treasure to offer us. Hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening. And as always, you can uh, comment on, on this podcast or get back to me at Psalm Sketches on Twitter. Take care. In the folds of your tent